0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program is brought to you by Myriad Restaurant Group. For more information, visit myriadrestaurantgroup.com. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
2: Hello and welcome to Love Bites coming at you live from Heritage Radio Network here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Today is Monday, October 31st. Happy Halloween. Ooh. There's a ghost in here, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>
3: If I don't make it to the end of the show,
2: it's because of the (laughs) The the very very scary scary ghost. (laughs) I I am one of your hosts, Ben Rosenblatt. I am an actor, writer, musician, occasional bartender, and server. You can check me out at benrosenblattactor.com. I am 34 straight and in a relationship.
3: And I am your other host, Jacqueline Raposo. I write about people who make food. You can find my work and me as at wordsfoodart.com. I'm 35 straight, and I am a dating hurricane right now
2: i don't have a sound effect to make for the oh, hurricane sorry um anyway after the break we are going to be joined by burlesque performer and motorcycle enthusiast Velvetina taylor digging into the sultry side of new york's late night scene but before we get to that
3: oh that's my turn um so today on the show benjamin i need your help Uh, Listeners, if you haven't tuned in in a while... Well, I mean, if you listen to the show ever, you've heard me mentioning that I have this illness, and it makes dating sometimes... A little bit hard, and the past like couple. The reason why Ben is gonna do the majority of the talking today is because like I've got scrambled egg brain. I really don't feel well. Like, every time, time you say that, it reminds like, me of that
2: commercial when we were like kids, where they like crack an egg. This is your brain on drugs. Yeah,
3: my brain is on drugs because the drugs were trying to help the scrambled egg brain, which they might have a little bit. I think they're less scrambled than they were See, two hours ago. See, drugs aren't all bad. They aren't all bad, but like my brain is not making sense of a lot of things. So that's my disclaimer number one, listeners. Um, that's been happening. Number two. Don't try
2: drugs at home, kids.
3: Try them in public. (laughs) (laughs) I don't
2: know. Try them before driving. (laughs) No, don't do that. Don't Don't do do that. that. (sighs) Um,
3: But number two, like a couple, like, so I haven't been feeling well for a couple of months, and I didn't date at all. And then a couple weeks ago, I went out on three first dates in one week. And because timing isn't everything, but it sure as hell is a lot, uh, they all were really good first dates, and they all led to exploring things, continuing to explore things with three guys. Poor
2: thing. You have three interesting options, all of whom are vying for your love, affection, attention. Well, I
3: wouldn't go that far. And your body. (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't go that far. Well, well. um, (laughs) but, But the thing is, so like since that time, it's been figuring out like a conversation, like remembering which conversations I've had with some of them and planning dates and thinking, like, oh, this guy is sort of fading away, and then he would all of a sudden text and come back, and it's like timing has been crazy with them. And I feel like timing is hard for healthy. Like, if you're dating three people and you're at you know robust health, that's hard enough. I'm not, and I'm burning out, and I'm like having these like really fun times that I'm having these really horrible lows, and I can't date three people. I can't and so i need to simplify and i need some clarity on the situation because in the past week i've had like moments of that i'm completely lucid and everything's fine and then i don't feel well and i'm cranky and vulnerable and sad and so i need my friend benjamin through this platform of the radio that we have to help me out so what in it, a way that is respectful to these three gentlemen because they do not you know i still haven't had the whole like i'm going to talk about you on the radio conversation so, right, so i need to do so first
2: be out, of respect, out of respect which of them has the biggest penis <laughs>
3: Benjamin.
2: (laughs) Just kidding. Okay. Um...
3: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Pierre. I appreciate that.
2: Um, No. What exactly do you want clarification on?
3: Okay. Well, one of them, there's already a pause button on. Like, I told him flat out that timing has been rough and I'm interested in, and that I'm dating somebody else who I've seen more. And so we've put a a respectful pause button. Um, And that's its own other story. So there's two guys left. And it's just one of those things where... I'm definitely interested in one of them a little bit more than the other and I've seen him more because timing has worked out that way. But it's not it's not one of those things where like I'm going to commit myself to him or think that there's something significant happening. And the other guy is like if if this number 1 guy didn't exist, the number 2 guy I would still be very interested in. They're two completely different types of human beings, so it's one of those things where like am I going to just sort of put a hold on somebody else who could be interesting and, and 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 could grow into something wonderful as well
2: yeah i mean it's, I, so, it's sort of i, haven't I, I hear what you so long
3: that i'm like i'm like if i let that guy go am i gonna am i gonna bla- am i gonna ruin something but i d- I, don't, oh, I don't i, I guess I don't the know.
2: question ultimately comes down to and i i think i already know the answer for you is like what I, exactly are you looking for right now and i think the answer is that you're looking for a committed relationship Yeah, with, with yes. one
3: person. I would like to date one person. It just happens that I met three people in one week that all potentially... I was like, oh, I could t- potentially want to date this one person, and there were three of them. And now there is one person that I would like to date more, but also I'm feeling like, oh, but I like this guy, and I don't want to like put all my eggs in this one guy's basket, just because also then you open yourself up to... Feeling stuff and
2: <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I, you know that that whole aspect of it. Well, I mean, what I've I feel like I've heard you say uh, just in the last couple minutes is that you don't really feel capable of dating more than one person at the same time and getting to know them to at the level. It's that hard you'd to like do it honestly be with full energy, right, and clarity. So then feel I mean scrambled eggs. So my thought about that is that you know, there's no harm in choosing one of them and dating one of them and seeing where that goes. And if that doesn't... That doesn't necessarily mean it's turning already going to turn into the most important serious relationship you've oh, ever yeah. had. Oh, yeah. I'm
3: not worried about that part because uh, the, the guy that I'm referring to is very and adult it, and mature. And it also and doesn't so mean so I'm I'm that, like, that.
2: I think the more open and honest you are about that that's where you are and that's where you want, the more you respect you will... Receive and hopefully maintain with whoever you decide not to continue with, and that if the timing, as we're talking about, works out later in the future, that there's still maybe an opportunity if it doesn't work out with the one person you decide to date to date that other person. So, again, two down questions down the line. for you.
3: Two qu- so, uh, how as a as a gentleman, if you are on the receiving end of number two, who I will not date maybe as of tomorrow for a while how would how would how would a lady best put it so that you she could keep it open-ended because i don't know with number one of you know what would happen because number two they're two completely different human beings and i like things about both of them so is there a way to do that that would i
2: think so and I, i don't think it's necessarily like gender specific either i think the thing that i would do if i were in that situation is just simply say hey look i've really enjoyed Uh, Getting to know you thus far. Um, But I've been seeing someone else. I've been seeing them a little longer. I've had, there's a little more time invested. And I think I really want to owe that a shot just to see where that might go. Um, And so I think at this time, the timing's not right, and I need to end things for
3: because I have scrambled egg brain, I'm not going to retain that. So I'm going to listen to the show later and I might just translate that completely into a text. So I'm very, I'm very thankful right now.
2: Well, I also think a phone call might be better than a text. I'm
3: going to actually call him because he's actually great at, um, I will call him actually. That will make me feel better. Uh, number two. So the thing is with guy number one, we'd already had the conversation. He knows that I was dating two other people because of the whole radio show conversation came up and that's made things not, um, awkward as far as, as, as far as our interest in each other, um, like we're adults, we're not committed to each other at all, <laughs> obviously. It's been five or, you know, four or five, six dates or whatever. Um, so it's not that um, at all. But it has made, like, when he asks me out for the weekend and I say, Great, how about Saturday? And he doesn't text me or call me at all on Friday. And then Saturday, I say, Oh, I was out late last night. And he says, oh, big date, when really I was carving pumpkins with a 13-year-old that I used to nanny for, you know? Like, it makes things a little, um, and he's not doing it maliciously or meanly or whatever, but, like, there's, I know there's something in, you know, he knows that I'm, I was dating other people. Do I tell him that I'm not dating somebody else? Again, having nothing to do with commitment and nothing to do with getting serious, like, that's not what this is about. It's about me not being able to handle dating more than one person and just wanting to get to know him. And that's all it is.
2: So why can't you be explicit about that?
3: Should no, I'm saying should I? Should I be explicit about that? Yeah, I don't see why not. So it's not like
2: I think if you're looking to build something that's hopefully turns into something serious and committed and you know lasting, that honesty and openness and being explicit about what you're doing and why you're doing it and what you want is like a great road to. Begin the relationship on and to start traveling on it right away I think it could be difficult sometimes when you're starting from a place of like Playing the field and not being sure exactly what you want to navigate into that serious openness that for me I think is required in um, In developing and building a healthy relationship, so I think the earliest on that you can start with that level of you know some vulnerability in being that open and honest. Right. And I think the earliest you can start down that path, the easier it is to get on that path and maintain it.
3: Okay. Cool.
2: But why? Is that something that you feel like it presents challenges just, or that no, you feel like that might be an awkward conversation? I, no,
3: I'm not worried about the awkward conversation. We've actually been really wonderfully honest with each other. He's a very straightforward, honest person. And that's been... So we've already had when we've talked about other things that I cannot talk about on the radio yet, we've we've been very honest with each other. That's been wonderful. Um, And so I'm not worried about having that conversation. It's more like, oh, if I tell him I'm not, like if he knew that I was dating two other people and I tell him that I've chosen to stop seeing these two other people so that I can just see where it goes with him and have a little bit more clarity and just spend time getting to know him without having two other people... Involved. I don't want to um, make it seem like something it's not. Like I don't want to. You don't to...
2: reading into it. Like yeah, you're, you're, yeah, yeah. And I think you could just be honest and tell him what it okay. is, right? And yeah, I be think like, so. Okay, that's what it is.
3: I think so. So, so if you were me, you would.
2: If I were you, yeah, I'd say, hey, listen, uh, just want to let you know I'm not dating anyone else anymore at the moment, mm-hmm. and you can do whatever you want. You know, that's up to you. But for me, like, I'm looking for something committed. Hopefully, not committed
3: no let's not use that word even
2: why that's
3: a well that's a word for another show this is it's only but is been that not weeks. what you're looking for no of course eventually so then
2: why is that like so harmful to say
3: i've been single for a long time and life is okay when you've been single for a long time i feel like i can i can barely yeah, scramble yeah, an egg you know right now but you know what's can, interesting
2: and you know what like i have found and what's because
3: yeah i mean you, you've been struggling for the past x amount of time just sort of settling into being in a relationship again. And at one point you had said some, some, something similar as far as like you weren't sure if you're the type of person that would be happier being in a relationship versus being single. Like,
2: Yeah, and I think, I think ultimately what I've kind of decided about that or at least what I've decided for the moment about that is that like just because you commit to something doesn't mean that you've committed to it forever. Like, true. and just because you... I feel like part of the challenge of being single for a really long time like both you and like like you have and like I was before I got into my current relationship is that it makes the next relationship seem super big and important and whatever, because like, there's been such a long time of being single that it's like, Oh, now I'm in this relation, like to get into a relationship, it feels like a big deal. Right. When in fact, like it's just another, like it's just a relationship that I'm trying and that like, yeah, I'm just I, trying on
3: for size.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and there's can be different levels of seriousness and different levels of That's how true. you feel about it. And like, it doesn't, I guess what I'm saying is don't put necessarily put so much pressure on yourself to, like, if you decide you want to commit to someone, like, that doesn't mean, like, you're marrying that person, you've you have gotten know?
3: so wise in the past five months, Ben. Five I, months?
2: I've been wise for <laughs> a really long time. I don't um, know what this woman
3: has done to you. You're very, you're, you're very wise. She's a, met, she's a good she's one. She's a good one. She's a really good one. I can't one. believe I've only met her once. I want, I'd like to see her again. I want to spend some more time with come, her. She wants to come, like
2: into the studio at She some should point. definitely come
3: into the studio. Okay. Can we... Would she Would she come on the show? We haven't had the talk that I asked you about like two weeks ago about about talking about her on the show. Yeah,
2: I mean, I've talked to her about that, so we'll we'll cover that another time. Okay. Um, in the meantime, right now we're going to take a break. Ah, oh, darn it. Um, okay, all right. But, uh, to be continued. To be continued. Thank you for
3: your help and advice. Of I appreciate course. it. Of course.
2: It's always, always my pleasure, and I really think all the things that I've told you are things that you... It makes me feel better because I I wanted
3: to do it. I just wanted your help today before I pulled the trigger. So tonight and tomorrow, big things are happening in the world. It's Halloween. Of course. are happening
2: in the world. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor. And after that, we will be back with Velvetina Taylor. I do just want to ask you, all our great listeners, once again, to... um, Give us your money. Give us your money. Give Heritage Radio Network your money because... Um, We're a a non-profit here, and David is over there flashing the dollar signs uh, from the booth. Uh, But if you could just log on to heritageradionetwork.org, they do so much to um, give Jacqueline and I and all of the other hosts here at the network an amazing platform to uh, share our shows with you. And uh, we are so grateful for that. And if you do enjoy it, um, really the only way to keep it going is to... um, Get some donations from you, our loyal listeners. Uh, so click on that beating heart and drop us a few bucks. We will be right back.
1: Music for this commercial break is brought to you by Tax Star, and this track is called
0: Third Degree Rugburns.
1: We're proud to count the Myriad Restaurant Group as a business member of the Heritage Radio Network. Created by renowned restaurateur Drew Nieperent, Myriad consists of a diverse roster of restaurants, each one unique and memorable. Delicious food, excellent service, and genuine value are at the core of Myriad's storied history. Tribeca Grill, celebrating its 25th anniversary, helped define the Tribeca neighborhood and is the perennial winner of the Wine Spectator's Grand Award. Nobu New York has innovated new style Japanese cuisine for over 20 years, now joined by Nobu Next Door and Nobu 57, cooking Nobu's revered signature dishes. Vatard, serving modern European cuisine, was named the Best New Restaurant of 2014 by Pete Wells in the New York Times, and Best New Restaurant in America for 2015 by the James Beard Foundation, as well as earning a Michelin star. Myriad also serves up great ballpark dining at the Acela Club at Citi Field, and Tasty Burgers at the Daily Burger at Madison Square Garden. The common thread is to be a good citizen in the communities they serve, through the support of numerous charitable organizations. For more information, visit myriadrestaurantgroup.com.
2: We are back, and with us in the studio today is Velvetina Taylor, who is a burlesque performer, producer, host, and motorcycle enthusiast based in New York City. She produces her own monthly show, Velvetina's Vixens, in Manhattan, and has just returned from her month-long Pistons and Pasties burlesque tour, I love that name, on the back of her Harley. So welcome to the studio, Velvetina. Thank you for joining us.
4: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
2: It's our pleasure. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot right off the top with a question (laughs) that we didn't prepare you for. Uh, because when we were talking outside, you said you were single. And I'm, I curious, my curiosity is, what is the first response you get from someone that you have interest in or that you're dating when you tell them you're a burlesque performer?
4: Um, I think that people don't really react right away. Because maybe, <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's that they're embarrassed or something. But I don't feel like hiding it or like I'm embarrassed or anything like that because it's such a uh, like showcase for me so I, anyone that I date I you know I definitely would invite to my shows and it's like I get so dressed up and make little jokes and I'm like you know desirable <laughs> on stage I hope so I, I definitely lead with that I think
2: yeah great and anyone who obviously couldn't handle that is like not someone you want to yeah. hang with anyway. Yeah,
4: and it's such a big part of my life. It wouldn't be worth the time hanging out with somebody that didn't enjoy that.
3: Yeah, I mean, and listeners like go onto her, her Instagram feed and you'll see like these amazing costumes Thanks. you have. Yeah. like you're the uh, the amount of glam and the amount of like character and the the variation of them is just really cool to see. And then watching videos of you. Um, like the, like these personas that you sort of put on and that you work with, of course, that's going to be something that, that should be attractive to a potential person that you want to date, and definitely yeah. as far as like that should be attractive to them. Like yeah, want, and yeah. and
4: that would be the the kind of person that I would be interested in too. On the other side of it, like someone that is creative and supportive of <laughs> what I'm doing, right. also. So right.
2: Um, tell us how you first got into burlesque, like how did you get into the industry and what was like your first performance like?
4: So I took a class actually with my sister, a month long uh, series of classes at the New York School of Burlesque. And then they put on like a student showcase at the end of that month at the Slipper Room. So it was kind of already an organized performance and some of the people in the class that was all they wanted and they you know like it was just kind of a confidence builder one time thing but for me it was like I had found you know my passion and it kind of combined some things that I already loved like I'd always been really you know crafty and I could sew and I I actually taught um, ballroom and Latin dance uh, before, so that kind of dancing and performance and all of that was already a part of my life. It was just like, this was the thing that combined all of those. Awesome. And yeah.
3: how did you feel when you did your first performance? Was it was it just was it a thrill? Were you nervous? Were you because it's a different type of because it's got this sort of seduction and this flirtation and this and this. Um, not just dance aspect to it, you are performing and you are interacting with an audience, even if Mm -hmm. it's just with your eyes and your gaze. Um, How was that difference, that slight difference in combination of acting and dancing? How did that feel the first time you did it?
4: Well, the first performance that night, it was funny because I didn't even, I didn't get nervous because I was going to be, you know, practically naked in front of an audience. It wasn't about that. It was more... That I was nervous about remembering the choreography and like whether or not each piece was gonna come off in, in time. And um, so I felt nervous about that stuff, but it wasn't like about being exposed or anything like that. Uh, but yeah. Do
2: you, do you do anything to sort of gear up? to get on stage? Is there a pre-show ritual of any kind? Or Velvetina is a stage name? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so is there like, do you get into character in any specific way or anything like that? You know,
4: I don't, like some people really make a separation between their stage persona and they're like, this is you know, completely separate from my life and they they won't tell you their real name and it's like an alter ego kind of thing. But for me, it's just like a more exaggerated version, a more thought out uh, version of like any of my wit or jokes or costumes, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's still all me. So I don't really like switch gears, like get into character and like have a, a moment or something to myself. Usually I'm like kind of in a rush and I'm looking over, I, I write out my, um, scripts and choreography, so I look over that, and then I, you know, I'm doing my makeup, and I have a certain routine for that. But it's not, it's not like a mental thing where I have to go into character or something.
2: So you're always on, basically, to some degree.
4: Um, I mean, I, I guess, yeah. It, like I said, it was more of like I found. My creative outlet uh, through burlesque, and th- you know, like I have a stage name because I just made it up. It's I, not. <laughs> I mean,
2: well I will I ask that because such a big part of burlesque is like the seduction mm-hmm. aspect of it, and I think for a lot of people in their day to day lives, that's a part of them. For many people, that's difficult for them to tap into and vulnerable to tap into, and people feel nervous and scared about trying to seduce someone or flirting or whatever the Mm -hmm. case may be. Um, And one of the things we do on our show is try to, you know, empower people and help people find themselves in love and in romance and in sex. Do you have any tips for how someone might, like, help tap into that part of themselves?
4: Um, I think that if you kind of are aware of what you yourself find attractive, you know, like in in movie stars or in old Hollywood glamour or whatever. Like, for me, I I think that women that are witty and kind of tough and, you know, really glamorous, kind of a femme fatale thing, like, to me, that's really attractive. So I try to kind of make that my own, and, and that's what my interests are in, and that's, like, uh, what my... I guess my character is kind of like a more exaggerated version of that. So I think it's being like aware and um, I don't know. I mean, confidence is important and all of that. But but kind of finding what what you think is like a turn on and making that your own and finding a way to express that.
2: You're so confident, and you're so like you seem so like on your game, <laughs> and you like you know like I don't I, need to get into character; I just am in character. I, well, so, I but do. my but my quest. So my question is: yeah. What are the challenges like of for you as either a dancer or as a producer, like in your work? Like, where do you? what's...
4: Yeah, you're making it sound way too easy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I. It's not you know it's not always easy, but I don't I I do feel like. Confident in myself and, like, my being capable of doing, you know, things. But I, yeah, I mean, I struggle with stuff and, like, feeling like, you know, after every performance, like, I am... I have my own insecurities, and, like, I've gotten stuck in corsets before, and you that's, like, the worst, you know, You because the music is finished, and you still have your clothes on, and, like, it's terrible, but... That's really funny. Yeah, the music it's is finished, and you still have your clothes on, and it's terrible. Everyone it's rev- knows that you, you think, didn't get right? out of it. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you know, you try to, like, improve after every show and hope that you still get bookings, and... I I mean I think the challenge is is just feeling like I did my best because I never do really you know I, you mean you never feel like you did your best yeah I mean like I could do better or like you perfectionist certain, yeah yeah I mean I I try not to like you know beat myself up but uh, yeah I mean there's always I can always improve. In my acts and stuff. So where's the thrill for you? Where does it feel? Especially
3: because I feel like you mentioned the slipper room. The slipper room still exists? They
4: yeah. Clo- it does. Yeah, they do burlesque like most every night of the week. Why did I think that they had closed? They they remodeled, I think. Oh, so there was a
3: period, because I was out of New York and when I came back. They're like, oh, the slipper room's closed. I was like, great, another one. Another one bites the dust. So they, oh, so they remodeled. Oh, I'll have to check it out. Um, but it's, it's can't be that easy to find is it or i maybe, maybe i'm wrong is it easy to find enough gigs in new york to to be able to try out stuff and to be able to have fun with it and to figure out you know what you want to be doing with with your art form like is it um
4: um i mean i think that there are so many people that are just starting um you know, and there always are, and especially since the, the New York School of Burlesque started and, you know, they have beginner classes and then people want to perform. And it does get oversaturated, but it's, um, you know, I think once you've been doing it for a while, uh, you can get different kinds of gigs like are corporate, you know, Shows And um, events and stuff And then the weekly burlesque shows And then it's been great um, Because I, I started producing my show uh, Like right after I started So it was always like Kind of whatever I wanted to do And, and whatever I, I was working on And kind of had full control over that And then I was able to meet a lot of other performers Because I could hire them to be in my show and everybody's always looking, you know, to to get a gig. So that's been great. Um, but yeah, it's definitely you you have to work to to get the the gigs. Like anything you know? in the arts yeah, in New I
3: York, mean, you gotta
2: hustle. Have you, like you had it. any yeah. gigs that have been treacherous or that you felt unsafe, or you know, you are a beautiful petite feminine woman i also met there's also this side of you i feel like you could just like kick anyone's ass um (laughs) but like have there been times you know as a woman in this industry where you have like felt unsafe or felt
4: you know it's like not in new york but i just did this tour and yeah can you just tell people what you did on this tour because it's so badass Thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah, I went. So I got this um, Harley Davidson motorcycle. It's a super low 1200T. And I, t- I went uh, for a month. Um, I left from New York and went all the way down the coast across, like, the Florida panhandle to New Orleans and stayed there for, like, a week because they, they have, you know, such a, a big burlesque scene there. And then came back up through Tennessee, uh, like kind of, and drove home from there. So th- that was like such an adventure. It was, you know, like something I wanted to do my whole life, but didn't know that it would be like a burlesque tour, also <laughs> at the same time. So it was like a tour on a tour. And, um, but yeah, so those shows in places like. I had a show in um, Old Hickory, Tennessee, at Scully's Saloon, and it was so fun. It was like a biker bar, really in the middle of nowhere. It was like 30 minutes outside of Nashville. And uh, that, that, I was really unsure of the audience, because I showed up... And it was like Pee-wee's Big Adventure, like when they, when you, when he walked in, and people just like turned around, (laughs) and I was already all like glitter lips and done up and stuff, like so. They didn't know what burlesque was, and they kind of didn't know, like kind of didn't communicate that I was even gonna be there. So they, one of the guys came over, um, and he was like. You know, just don't go too far in that room because you don't want to, you don't want to make any of the the women mad. And I was like, oh god, like I really don't. (laughs) So So you're more afraid of the women than the men. Well, you know, I don't know. When he put it that way, like Mm -hmm. I didn't want to get on anyone's bad side, like you know. But it turned out that they all came in and watched, kind of with arms folded and like silently, Mm -hmm. like no noise, and then. Uh, when I was finished, they all came up and one by one and were like, that was amazing, like, Aww. we loved it you should definitely come back Aww. and I'm like, this is great, you know so I've, I haven't felt like actually in danger um, but there are kind of times where you feel like uh, that I really don't like when people kind of are creepy and they kind of want to take advantage of your time and like I, what I don't like is when people know that they're making you uncomfortable and they, like, don't care mm. to stop. You know, right. like, it's like they're just pushing it too far where you're like, you know, I really do appreciate anyone that comes to my shows or any performances, and, like, that's sincere. But when they're, like, kind of creeping you out and you you know that that's kind of past the right. the usual exchange, then it's like... Well, cause they're, you know,
3: Yeah, I mean, because they're making a judgment that it's okay to do that because of the work that you do, which I think a lot of people think it's okay to do that in general, that they mm-hmm. know that they're creeping women out by their words and how close they're getting or if they feel like they can yeah. touch you when they shouldn't be touching you, and that they're just judging that it's even more okay when it's just not okay for them to yeah yeah like, that makes sense
4: yeah but especially especially in new york it's it's i mean every venue that has burlesque is usually pretty good about security and and right. that kind of thing but it's more the well, creepy aspect and of people it
3: people get what burlesque is too you know i think as well and so i think people appreciate like they know what's the costume like they they know it's gonna happen i think everybody's like, it's like so excited <laughs> like they know what's gonna happen They're like look at this costume it's yeah. gonna come off how's it gonna come off when's it gonna come off and it's just like a really it's a glitz and glamour and it's yeah. you know it's, it's pizzazz like and fantasy. style yeah. yeah
2: speaking of costumes it is halloween and you have a show tonight um at the salon halloween stomp by prohibition productions yes. care to share a little bit about what that's going to be like
4: I'm so excited about this because I have been asked to emcee the whole thing also and and do an act. So I'm going to introduce a bunch of um, jazz bands all night at the DL on like three different floors. There's like swing dancing and aged cocktails it's like a big vintage event so that's where i'll be all night tonight and
3: other than uh jazz what kind of performers are there so you're dancing on top of them Mm seeing and then what other kind of performers are there
4: um there's going to be a fire performer and then two other burlesque performers um go-go dancing and then this is like a an event for people that actually like know how to swing dance also so people show up like it's it's so cute it's like they want to come and show their moves and it's like it's just such a fun scene don't you just love new york city it's the best i just love new york Mm -hmm. city awesome
2: well, thank you so much, Velvetina. This was fascinating, and we appreciate the insight you've offered us thank on the show guys. today. Thank you, Happy Halloween. Pleasure Happy Halloween. having you here.
3: Oh, we have some birthday shout-outs to give, too, because it's Halloween. Do you want to shout-out, Ben?
2: That, that's right. Our... Good friend and loyal listener, Christian. Thank you so much. You, and uh, happy birthday to you. Happy
3: birthday, darling.
2: Also then, last week's guest, Sasha. Uh, Taylor,
3: Sasha, Sasha Graham. Sasha Graham. Why did I say oh cuz Velvetina Taylor? <laughs> Scrambled egg brain. You talk, this I'm is done, is your
2: brain on drugs. I'm done. I'm sitting. Sasha Graham, happy birthday. Um, you were a fabulous guest as well last week. Um that is our show I'm for I'm not
3: saying anything else, I'm done.
2: That is our show for today. Um <laughs> And uh, we will be back yeah. here. Okay, next I don't know week. who's
3: coming on next week. We have a couple people. Stay tuned. Just look at our website, lovebitesready.com In a couple days, I'll tell you who's coming. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter. I'm putting stuff up there all the time. It's fun.
2: You said you weren't going to talk anymore. I know, all but right? then,
3: but then you were hesitating, and I want people to play with me on social media because I'm working very hard to have people play with me on social she media. She loves it when
2: you like her Instagram posts. When you so like the
3: posts and when you say stuff to us on Twitter, it makes me we're gonna very happy. You. I'm going to guilt
2: you right now because Jackson's not well.
3: I'm not. She hasn't well. been. No um, and I worked so just hard like to get
2: Instagram, you to I'm hi hi so, so happy. All right. Listen, we will be back next week. Until then, thanks always to our engineer, Pierre. Our theme song is Give Love by the Josh Dion Band. And we are Ben Rosenblatt and Jacqueline Raposo. We will be back at the same time next week here at heritageradionetwork.org. See ya.